Good evening. A white fascist kills 10 in Buffalo in a Buffalo supermarket shooting. More than a million pro-choice demonstrators gathered nationwide. Justice Clarence Thomas on the decline of the United States Supreme Court. With these and other stories, I'm Paul Durianzo with the WBAI News for Sunday, May 15th, 2022. Officials in Buffalo, New York, say Peyton Gendron, the white 18-year-old who shot and killed 10 people at a Buffalo supermarket, had researched local demographics arriving in the area a day ahead to conduct reconnaissance with the express purpose of killing as many black people as possible. The shooting happened at about 2.30 in the afternoon yesterday. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown and Police Commissioner Joseph Grimaglia described the scene. What started out as a beautiful day in the city of Buffalo has turned into a terrible day and one of tremendous heartbreak for every member of our community. We have suffered a mass shooting with multiple casualties and several people injured. I have to say that this particular top supermarket is near and dear to my heart. It's one that I worked years ago to help bring to this community. It's one that I patronize from time to time, my family patronizes from time to time, and some of the victims of this shooter's attack are people that all of us standing up here know. So this is a day of great pain for our community. At approximately 2.30 today, an individual who the mayor stated is not from this area and is from hours away, drove to Buffalo, went to 1275 Jefferson Avenue to the Topps Market. He exited his vehicle. He was very heavily armed. He had tactical gear. He had a tactical helmet on. He had a camera that he was live streaming what he was doing. The individual exited his car and engaged four individuals. He shot four people in the parking lot. Three of those were deceased. One individual uh, at this time is surviving the injury. The individual went inside, as I said, he was an 18-year-old white male, walked into the store and began engaging customers inside the store. One of the individuals inside the store is a security guard, a beloved security guard, who is a retired Buffalo police officer, a hero in our eyes, engaged the suspect, fired multiple shots, struck the suspect, but because he had heavily armed, uh, armored plating on, uh, that bullet had no round. This is the worst nightmare that any community can face. And we are hurting and we are seething right now as a community. The depth of pain uh, that families are feeling and that all of us are feeling right now cannot even be explained. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown and Police Commissioner Joseph Gramaglia. Speaking today at the National Peace Officers Memorial Service at the U.S. Capitol, President Joe Biden called on Americans to address this country's problem with hate. Let me say a word about uh, yesterday's mass shooting in Buffalo, New York. A lone gunman, armed with weapons of war and hate-filled soul, shot and killed 10 innocent people in cold blood at a grocery store on Saturday afternoon. Jill and I, like all of you, pray for the victims and their families. 
and a devastated community. I've been receiving updates from my team in the White House that's in close contact with the Justice Department. We're still gathering the facts, but already the Justice Department has stated publicly that it's investigating the matter as a hate crime, racially motivated act of white supremacy and violent extremism. As they do, we must all work together to address the hate that remains a stain on the soul of America. The hearts are heavy once again, but a resolve must never ever waver. No one understands this more than the people sitting in front of me. Moms, dads, children, family members, about how those folks in Buffalo feel today when they got the call. They're pulled into us as if you got pulled into a black hole in your chest. There's no way out. Jill and I know, we know no memorial, no gestures can fill the void in the hearts they have now or that you, you who've lost someone feel as well. President Biden, as new details emerged about the gunman's past in Saturday's rampage, which the shooter live-streamed on Twitch, New York Governor Kathy Hochul, a Buffalo native, demanded technology companies stop allowing hate speech on their platforms. It's hard to know what to say. Uh, This is my community. I know this community well. I've walked these streets. I know the individuals who live here. It's a wonderful, tight-knit neighborhood. And to see that sense of security shattered by an individual, a white supremacist who has engaged in an act of terrorism and will be prosecuted as such in a cold-hearted, cruel, calculating way, a military-style execution targeting people who simply want to buy groceries in a neighborhood store. It strikes us in our very hearts to know that there's such evil that lurks out there. Yes, I'm here to console the families in a community that is feeling so much pain right now. But mark my words, we'll be aggressive in our pursuit of anyone who subscribes the ideals professed by other white supremacists and how there's a feeding frenzy on social media platforms where hate festers more hate. That has to stop. These outlets must be more vigilant in monitoring social media content. And certainly the fact that this act of barbarism This execution of innocent human beings could be live streamed on social media platforms and not taken down within a second says to me that there is a responsibility out there and we're going to continue to work on this and make sure that those who provide these platforms have a moral and ethical and I hope to have a legal responsibility to ensure that such hate cannot populate these sites because this is the result when you have individuals who use these platforms and talk to others who share these demented views and support each other and talk about 
the techniques that they'll engage in and post these ideas and share them with others in the hope that they can all someday rise up in their demented view of the world. That's what white supremacist terrorism is all about. That's what we witnessed here today on the streets of Buffalo, New York. And it has to end right here. And that is our message. We will continue to work at the federal, state, and local level with our community partners to help identify these messages as soon as they arise on social media. That is our best defense right now, as well as the legal system and the prosecution. And it is my sincere hope that this individual, this white supremacist who just perpetrated a hate crime on an innocent community, will spend the rest of his days behind bars and heaven help him in the next world as well. Yeah, I'm angry. I've seen violence from guns on the Brooklyn subway and now in the streets of Buffalo. It has to stop. It has to stop. New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Meanwhile, New York Attorney General Letitia James said today her office would investigate the motivations that led to the shooting. And I heard about the victims. I heard about the senior citizen um, who planted trees on her block. I heard about the woman who just went to visit her husband in a nursing home and then stopped by at Tops to get something to eat. I heard about uh, the young gentleman uh, who worked in the office of Senator Kennedy, who survived, who was shot through the neck and who God um, uh, basically spared his life. I heard about countless number of victims this morning. I held uh, in my arms a young lady who worked at Tops, who was so afraid that she was about to die, who witnessed the bloodshed who shaked and quivered in my arms this morning, who was afraid for her community, but afraid also for herself. This event will not define Buffalo. This event will bring Buffalo residents together. This event was committed by a sick, demented individual who has fueled a daily diet of hate. So let us now tamper down our comments, all of us. Let us make sure that we have standards in journalism. Let us make sure that we investigate social media, and my office will be focused on doing that, as we have been doing for um, the last few months. New York Attorney General Letitia James. The Buffalo shooting follows other racially motivated mass murders in recent years, including a Pittsburgh synagogue attack that left 11 dead in October 2018 and the Atlanta spa shootings in March 2021, in which a white man killed eight people targeting Asians. Authorities said Gendron drove to Buffalo from his home several hours away to launch the attack, which he broadcast in real time on the social media platform Twitch, a live video service owned by Amazon.com. In related news, a 180-page manifesto circulating online on Saturday, believed to have been authored by Gendron, outlined the Great Replacement Theory, a racist conspiracy theory that white people are being replaced by minorities in the United States and other countries. Eleven people were struck by gunfire who were black and two were white. A, break of the ra- a breakdown of the race of the dead hasn't been released. 
Meanwhile, during President Biden's remarks today at the National Peace Officers Memorial Service, he reiterated his theme that police need more funds, not defunding, in response to the Buffalo shooting. The answer is not to abandon the streets. It's not to choose between safety and equal justice. And we should agree, it's not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them with the resources, the training. They need to protect our communities and themselves and restore trust among the police and the people. President Biden, and you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul Durienzo. Thousands of abortion rights supporters rallied across the United States yesterday, angry with the prospect the Supreme Court may soon overturn the Roe v. Wade decision legalizing abortion in the United States a half century ago. Organizers predict the protests are the start of a summer of rage ignited by the May 2nd leak of a draft opinion showing the court's conservative majority ready to reverse the 1973 ruling. About half of the 50 states are poised to ban or severely restrict abortion almost immediately should Roe be struck down. Protesters marched under the slogan, Bans Off Our Bodies. They took to the streets from New York and Atlanta to Chicago and Los Angeles in a show of outrage that Democrats hope will help galvanize support for their party and blunt project and blunt projected Republican gains in the November elections. California Representative Barbara Lee, who has often described her own illegal abortion at a clinic in Mexico, spoke about how black women were present at the start of the pro-choice movement in the 1960s. I have seen the dim light down a dark alley. I survived. But many women, especially black, Latina, indigenous, and other women of color did not. Now let me tell you briefly a quick story about my mentor. The first African-American woman elected to Congress. The first African-American and woman to seriously mount a candidacy for president of these United States in 1972. Y'all know who I'm talking about? Shirley Chisholm from Brooklyn, New York. You know it? Shirley Chisholm for president. Well, Shirley Chisholm, a lot of people know know this. She was the first honorary co-president of the National Abortion Rights Action League, NARAL, in 1969. That was Shirley Chisholm. She was one of the 16 black women who courageously led a movement for reproductive freedom and published We Remember African American Women for Reproductive Freedom in 1989. She co-founded African American Women for Reproductive Freedom in 1990. And let me tell you, she said, and I hope you get her book, unbossed and unbossed, she said access to legal abortion was an issue of economic and racial justice. That was in 1970. 1970. And in 1977 in Houston at the National Women's Conference, Shirley Chisholm, Barbara Jordan, Coretta Scott King, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, and Maya Angelou, they, and many others, but they were there and spoke about reproductive justice and gender equality. 
That was in 1977. 1977. So today, this is 2022. Once again, we are fighting this battle. Once again. But you know what? Because of everyone around our country, we won't let them turn the clock back to those dark days, will we? No, we won't let them do that. And that's uh, Representative Barbara Lee. New Yorkers may remember another activist, tireless activist, Flo Kennedy, the campaigner who was a central figure responsible for the legalization of abortion in New York State in 1970. In related news, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, known for his hard-right views, was interviewed earlier this month at the Old Parkland Conference, an event sponsored by the right-leaning American Enterprise Institute in Dallas. Thomas, who's 73, criticized protests held at the homes of Supreme Court's majority conservative members, saying the rallies were an attack on the constitutional norms. Against the elites. And one of the things that you will see in my opinions is I never go after anybody personally. There's nothing insulting in there. It it goes after the argument. But you are right. We are to conduct ourselves better than they conduct themselves. One of the things I say in response to the media is when they talk about, especially early on, about the way I did my job, I said, I will absolutely leave the court when I do my job as poorly as you do yours. (laughs) And that was meant as a compliment, really. (laughs) And that is uh, uh, Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court Justice. Thomas also expressed dismay at the recent leak of the draft Supreme Court opinion that would strike down Roe v. Wade, comparing it to cheating on a spouse. I think we are in dangers of destroying the institutions that are required for a free society. Uh, you can't have a, a, a civil society, a free society, without a stable legal system. Uh, you can't have one without stability in things like property or um, interpretation and impartial judiciary. Uh, And I've been in this business long enough to know just how fragile it is. And the institution that I'm a part of, uh, if someone said that one line of one opinion would be leaked by anyone and you would say, oh, that's impossible. No one would ever do that. There's such a uh, belief in the rule of law, a belief in the court, a belief in what we were doing that that was verboten. It was beyond anyone's understanding, or at least anyone's uh, imagination, that someone would do that. And look where we are, where now that trust or that belief is gone forever. Um, the, and when you lose that trust, especially in the institution that I'm in, uh, it changes the institution fundamentally. 
Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Thomas was interviewed by former law clerk John Yu, a law professor at the University of California at Berkeley and a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. John Yu, listeners may remember, was author of the so-called Torture Memo in 2003 as Deputy Assistant Attorney General in the George W. Bush administration. Yu found the U.S. Constitution protections did not extend to non-citizens, giving a rationale to the administration to waterboard detainees at the Guantanamo Bay Prison. And... uh, The hits keep coming. One person was killed and four others were critically wounded in a shooting today at a Southern California church. Deputies detained one person and recovered a weapon following the shooting at Geneva Presbyterian Church in the city city of Laguna Woods in Orange County. A fifth injured person suffered minor injuries, officials said. All the victims were adults. Federal agents from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives were responding to the scene. Laguna Woods was built as a senior living community and later became a city. More than 80% of the city of 18,000 residents about 50 miles southeast of Los Angeles, or at least 65. uh, Governor Gavin Newsom's office said on Twitter that he was closely monitoring the situation. The incident occurred in an area with a cluster of houses of worship, including Catholic, Lutheran, and Methodist churches and a Jewish synagogue, and it came a day after the um, shooting we've been covering that occurred in Buffalo, New York. And finally... A total lunar eclipse will grace the night skies this weekend, providing longer-than-usual thrills for stargazers across North and South America. The celestial action unfolds tonight into early Monday morning with the moon bathed in the reflected red and orange hues of Earth's sunsets and sunrise for about one and a half hours, one of the longest totalities in the decade. It will be the first so-called blood moon in a year. Observers in the eastern half of North America and all of Central and South America will have prime seats for the whole show. Weather permitting, partial stages of the eclipse will be visible across Africa, Europe, and the Middle East, left out Alaska, Asia, and Australia. NASA's Noah Petro, a planetary geologist who specializes in the moon, says this is really an eclipse for the Americas. It's going to be great. All you need, he noted, are patience and eyeballs. A total eclipse occurs when Earth passes directly between the moon and the sun and casts a shadow on the constant cosmic companion. The moon will be 225,000 miles away, the peak of the eclipse around midnight on the U.S. East Coast. Petro said this is gradual, slow, wonderful event that as long as it's clear where you are, you get to see it. And that's some of the news for Sunday, May 15th, 2022. The news producer, Linda Perry, our engineer is Max Schmid. From New York City, I'm Paul DiRienzo. Please stay safe out there.